A blessed afternoon, everyone. Thank you for joining us in our online Sunday worship service. I believe that uh, even though we are apart, we can still study God's Word together. Do join us in prayer. Uh, as in the coming weeks, even months, we begin to slowly open the church for people, those people who are not able, not able to watch at home of limited internet connection can come and worship along with us. So do pray with us for wisdom and at the same time for protection for all of us. You know, when I was in Mindanao for mission trip, there's so many things that's so memorable uh, experience that I have, ministering to people, praying with the people there in the villages and playing with the kids and so on. But one thing that struck to my heart and mind is that the chance to walk through the mountains. And I really enjoyed walking through the mountain and experiencing passing through rivers. I give you some pictures that I took. I was trying to look for pictures. We were walking through the river and it started from the knees. And some of the river reaches out until to our um, ankle and, and so on until... Uh, it reaches to a certain level that we couldn't move and that we have to use certain stones, step on certain stones so that we can cross the river. You know, those times that I was walking here, I was, I was really enjoying it. And then I have also have an opportunity to swim to one of that, to one of the river, sa ilog. You know, ang sarap talaga maligo sa ilog, fresh na fresh, kahit hindi mainit, malamig, pero alam mo na enjoy mo. But one thing I notice, as long there is water, as long there is a river or a lake, you know, the surrounding places will be filled with trees. And that those trees are really growing and alive and fresh. And in, as I move around in Mindanao during those times where we, I have mission trip, I notice if those places have no river or water, the place will be dry and only limited plants will be growing. And similar to our Christian lives, if our lives is connected with God, and if we are continually growing in intimacy with Him, we will experience a fruitful and abundant life, like a tree that's planted by the stream of water. But those who have no relationship with God, those who are not walking in step or walking according to God's way, you will notice that your life is dry and you're trying to feel, trying to find satisfaction in many ways in this world, trying to feel your, your inner longing. But you know what? Today, I pray that God will speak to us to recognize that God is a living water. Today, I've entitled this sharing the river of life and we'll be reading from the book of Ezekiel, chapter 37, verse 1 to 12. And I pray that we will go deeper in our walk with God and experience His presence mightily so that we will live a life in fruitfulness and abundance. So let's read Ezekiel, chapter 47, verse 1 to 12. Then He brought me back to the door of the temple and behold, water was issuing from below the threshold of the temple towards the sea. The water was flowing down from below the south end of the threshold of the temple, south of the altar. Then he brought me out by the way of the north gate and led me around on the outer, outside of the outer gate that faces towards the east. 
and behold, the water was trickling out on the south side. Going the eastward with the measuring line in his hand, the man measured a thousand cubits, and then he led me through the water, and it was ankle deep. In verse 4, again he measured a thousand, and he led me through the water, and it was knee deep. Again he measured a thousand, and led me through the water, and it was waist deep. Again he measured a thousand, and it was a river that I could not pass through, for the water had risen. It was deep enough to swim in, a river that could not be passed through. In verse 6, he said to me, Son of man, have you seen this? Then he led me back to the bank of the river. As I went back, I saw on the bank of the river very many trees on one side and on the other. And he said to me, The water flows towards the eastern region and goes down into Arabah and enters the sea. When the water flows into the sea, the water will become fresh. Wherever the river goes, every living creature that swarm will live, and there will be very many fish. For this water goes there, and the water of the sea may become fresh. So everything will live where the river goes. Fishermen will stand beside the sea. From Engedi to Enigleim, it will be a place for the spreading of nets. Its fish will be of very many kinds, like the fish of the great sea. But its swamp in the marshes will not become fresh. They are to be left for salt. And on the banks on both sides of the river, they will grow all kinds of tree for food. Their leaves will not wither, nor their fruit fail. But they will bear fresh fruit every month. Because the water from them flow from the sanctuary. Their fruit will be for the food and the leaves for healing. Let us pray. Lord, here we are once again, listening from our different places, home, and even, Lord, in this place, in Shekinah Hall. I pray that you open our hearts with so much things that we might not understand in life. I pray, Lord, that your word would speak to us, encouraging us, reminding us who you are, your ways, and at the same time, Lord, remind us on how we should live so that we will live a life that will please you. Lord, if any one of us, Lord, are living a dry life, a lifeless life, I pray, Lord, that we will experience the living water the river of life today as we study your word. Salamat po, Panginoon. Open our hearts, Lord, this afternoon. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We all knew that the people of Jerusalem were stiff-necked people. They were unrepentant for their sin and their rebellious ways. That's why God would send a lot of prophets to remind them to return back to him. And in this particular book that we have read, God raised prophet Ezekiel, and he was raised by God, and he was anointed by God to be a watchman. To be a watchman, your calling is to warn people. You are to, to be a watchman, is, your purpose is to tell people when, when there's people that become and attack a nation. So God anointed prophet Ezekiel to be a watchman, to warn the people of Jerusalem of the coming judgment. 
He is to warn them that the nation Babylonian will come and conquer them. At the same time, he also brings a message of hope. Hence, if you look at the book of Ezekiel, you can divide it into two sections. The first section, which is in chapter 1 to 33, is a message of judgment. If you look and, and, and understand, if you read, you'll notice how they, 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 they have sinned against God and how they made alliance with Egypt. And God said, this is what you do, you do not repent, so I will send judgment to you. But God also promised message of restoration in chapter 34 to 48. This is the second part of the book. It was a prophetic message to the people that has been brought to exile in Babylon, and at the same time to the people that stayed in Jerusalem. This is the message of, of Prophet Ezekiel from God. A message that you see, judgment will come because of your sin. You are repentant heart. But they will go to exile. They will be sent to Babylonians and so on. And their land will be devastated and be destroyed. But later part, God said, and He promised, if you read in our reading, He said, I will restore you once again. And if you've been following our reading, some of the passages, especially in the second part of the book of Ezekiel, is quite unique because it's symbolic in nature. For example, in our text that we have read, it uses water and river as the main subject. And the further it discusses on how it influences the surrounding environment. You know, in ancient time, water is a precious commodity. It symbolizes blessing, abundance. That's why in the Hebrew language or writing, the Hebrew embraces this symbolism. And that's why you can read in, in many of the scripture that it uses water as a metaphor of life, renewal, and revival. I, I will read a few of them. In Isaiah 12, verse 3, it says, With joy you will draw water from the well of salvation. In Psalm 78, verse 16, you brought stream from the stone and made water flow down like river. So water is important and it symbolizes life, renewal, and revival. And as we look in our text today, we will study how this river that has been prophesied turned a broken and dead and devastated land into a life-giving, abandoned land. And three things that we will look in today. We will look at the source of the river of life, the course, the direction that it took, the path it took, and the force, the influence, the impact it has in the surrounding. Let us first look in the first few verses of chapter 47. We read where it came from, this water. It says here, Then he brought me back to the door of the temple, and behold, water was issuing from below the threshold of the temple. It came from the temple. And the later part you read in verse 2, the water was trickling out on the south side. You know, it shows us that the source of water comes from the temple, not from any river, not from the rain, but from the temple. You know, to the Israelites, a temple plays a central role into their society and as a community because the temple is God's dwelling place. 
It represents as a place where God will dwell. That's why if you read in the, in our, in the scripture, it recalls the temple as a house of God, a house of the Lord. It is the place where God will manifest His presence. You know, before Jerusalem fell, you read in, in the first part of Ezekiel that the glory of God departed. And now you see the restoration. After the temple was made, what happened? The glory of God resigned. So the temple is important because it speaks of God's dwelling place. Secondly, it's a cosmic center. It's a meeting place between heaven and earth. It's a place where people will come to God and pray and seek His name. And his, he seek Him with His heart, with all the heart. It's a place to communicate. It's a place to commune with God. It's a place where God's word will, God's word will be read. So that they will understand who God is. It's a place where they would render worship to Him. The temple is also important because it, I define them as people of God. It is rooted to the identity as chosen people, as people, as treasured possession of God. Lastly, the temple is also important because it's a place where they would give offering and sacrifices to God. But as we look at this text, we also look closely on how the water flows in the temple. It moves around the temple and look at verse 1. It says here, the water was flowing down from below the south end of the threshold of the temple, south of the altar. In other translation, it's through the altar, by the altar. And so altar is a place of offering to render worship to God. It's a place they would give thanksgiving, peace offering, grain offering, fellowship offering, if you read that in the Old Testament. They would give all kind of offerings so that they would say, Lord, thank you. You are our provider. Also, the altar is a place of sacrifice. It's a place where sacrifices were made before God. It's a place where they would bring a sacrificial lamb to be slaughtered as a payment for the sin so that they can be forgiven. Surely this reminds us of the sacrifice that our Savior made. Jesus was the perfect sacrifice that, that atoned for our sin. His sacrifice made a way for us so that we can be redeemed, so that, we, that our relationship with God will be restored. It's also true the work of Christ that we can experience a new life and be reconciled to God once again. That's why Jesus said in John 14, 6, He said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Now, if we put this together, the temple and the altar, it all points to God. There's no evidence of work of man. The source of the river of life, the living water, comes from the divine. Therefore, the source of the river of life comes from God. God is the source of the living water. You know, it's very interesting how the water came from. It came from the temple. It did not come from any well. It did not come from the king's palace. But it came from the temple. And this should remind us that our life 
spiritual, emotional, the whole being. For us to live a life that's satisfied and full of joy is when we know that our source is God. That, our, we, that we can come to God. That we can tap on Him. That He's the one who would give life to us. That God is the source of life. First, we learn that God is the source of the river of life. Now, let's study and look the course the river took and how the water in the river builds up. Let's look how the water is trickling down from the temple and how it builds up. Let me show you an image. In the first part, there is the temple. In the text that we have read, it first is ankle deep. And then after that, the water becomes knee deep. And then as we move forward, it becomes waist deep. In the later part, it says the water is too deep. That could not, it could not, no longer walk. It could not go through, he says there. And he has to swim. Notice how the water was miraculously growing in quantity and strength. You know, normally in a normal situation, the source will be exhausted after some time. If there's no rain, the water from the mountain will be depleted and become sooner or later, it becomes lesser and lesser and the water below will be less unless it joins with another river. That's a normal situation. But here in our text, you see the water building up in quantity, in strength. In our text, it shows that the water continues to trickle down from the temple and soon enough, it becomes a mighty river. It simply shows us that this living water the river of life is inexhaustible. It's unending. It's limitless. It's infinite. And not only it's limitless, it's infinite, but it's also powerful, strong, and vast. To the point that Ezekiel said, I could not longer walk. I have to swim. You know what would remind us of this? Something that's limitless and infinite? Something strong in vast. You know what would remind of that? It reminds us of God's abundant love. It reminds us of God's unlimited mercy. It reminds us of God's infinite grace, His power and His might. Last week we learned in Lamentation chapter 3, the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercy never comes to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness, Lord. That's how God's love, mercy, and grace is described. Like a river. Limitless, infinite. It will never run dry. The water from the temple turns to a river. But what would really amazes me is not just how it's being built up, but the path it took. The direction that the river took. He says here in our scripture, in verse 7, he, says, he said to me, This water flows towards the eastern region and goes down into Arabah and enters the sea. Eastern region, down to Arabah and enters the sea. Now let's, let's look at the map. That's the temple, that's Jerusalem. It goes to the east, eastward. 
It goes to Arabah and to the Dead Sea. Now, from the temple to the Dead Sea, the distance is 116 kilometers. And that distance is like from Jurong to Changi Airport four times. One, two, three, four. That's how far it was. So the river, the water is strong. Now, let's understand this, this land, Arabah. Arabah looks like this. It's a wilderness. It's a desert place. It's an, an arid, an infertile land. Unfertile land. There is, it's dry and lifeless. I believe none of you would want to stay there and live there. Walang mall dyan. Now look at the, the sea. You know the word sea there, if you look at your Bible, at the footnote, it's the Dead Sea. It's high in, in salt content. And I was researching, they said that Dead Sea has limited life. They said there's no living thing that would live there. And I, I was reading and researching in the Dead Sea, if a person would drink, some of them might joke to death. And that's how Dead Sea is described and experienced. You know, one common thing that both places have is this. Both is lifeless and dead. No living thing exists and similarly has no purpose. Instead of giving life, Arabah and the Dead Sea brings death to those who would try to live in that place. But you know what's the beautiful thing? The river of life, starting from the temple, moves towards the lifeless terrain, soon giving life to the desert, giving life to the Dead Sea, reviving it, revitalizing the land and the sea. You know, it simply reminds us that God's abundant love, God's abundant grace, God's abundant mercy and His restorative power reaching out to what is lifeless and hopeless and barren. That God reaches out to the most arid and barren place in the world. And you know what's the most barren place in this world? Our heart and our lives. But what gives us hope is because God will reach out to those empty life, to those lifeless life, those hopeless life. He will reach out and would give life. You know what Jesus said in Luke chapter 5? He said, those who are well have no need of physicians. But those who are sick, I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. You know, it's an encouragement to all of us. Yet unworthy, once dead, undeserving because of our condition, yet God will reach out to us. What can we learn from this? That God will reach out to the lifeless and hopeless. What we can learn is first the source. God is the source of the river of life, the course reaching out to the lifeless and hopeless. And lastly, we'll learn the impact and the influence 
of the river of life, the powerful force and influence it, it made in its surrounding. As the river moves from the temple to the desert to the Dead Sea, you will see great impacts. In the last few verses, we read here, As I went, I saw on the bank of the river very many trees on one side and on the other. It says here, the water will become fresh. It was once salty, now become fresh. Verse 9, and wherever the river goes, every living creature that swarms will live, and they will be, they will be very many fish. I like that what I highlighted in yellow. So everything will live where the river goes. Remember where the river goes. In verse 10, he says here, fishermen will just stand beside the sea. Hindi na kailangan pumunta sa loob ng ano. He will just stand beside the sea. And he said, its fish will be of very many kinds like a fish of the great sea. Now the great sea is the Mediterranean Sea. If you look at the Israel map, there's one great sea there, Mediterranean Sea. Continue on. They will grow all kinds of trees for food. Their fruit will be for food and their leaves is for healing. Because of this river, now the land is full of life and abundance. It simply shows us that God can turn what's dead to become alive. God can turn what's hopeless to become hopeful. That God can powerfully turn what's barren to an abundant, to abundance. Now you will put this together. First, God restored and revitalized the land and the sea. The water become fresh and there's so many fishes. Mamili ka, anong fish ang gusto mo? And then the land is growing all kinds of trees in all banks. It says here, leaves do not wither and it all bear fruit each month. Revitalize. But you know, there's a purpose why it's been revitalized or restored. So that the fishermen can fish, so that the fruit can be a food, and leaves can be a healing. You know, the abundance the fishes, the fruits, the leaves exist for a purpose. It was meant to bring life and healing to the surrounding. It's a blessing to the animal, to the people that's dwelling in the land, allow, allowing them to thrive and exist. And in connection to our spiritual walk, when Christ came to our life, I believe, I know God changed our position, but also God changed our condition. Jesus said the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus said, I came that you may have life and have it abundantly. Life and abundantly. Now what's the purpose of that abundance? That abundance is not just for us to enjoy, but that abundance is that we may use that abundance for God's purpose. The reason why God gave you material blessing and financial blessing, so that you can use it, that you will be a channel of blessing to those who are in need. The Lord God gave you an emotional health and mental health 
so that you can minister those who are emotionally dry, who are dry and need of help. God has given us a lot of opportunity. God has given us to, uh, that, that relationship with Him so that we can share also God to those who have not known God. You know, the purpose for us to have an abundant life is so that we can be an instrument of God. So that we can be an extension of His mercy and grace, bringing life and healing to those that God placed around us in our life. Therefore, may we remember, may we never forget our calling as salt and light of the world. May we never forget our calling as a tree that bears a fruit in all season. May we never forget that all that we have came from Him. That may we use that what we have, that abundance that we receive, for God's glory. God gave us life so that we may bring, be an instrument of bringing life to others. Third thing we learn is God brings life and renewed purpose. In this time of pandemic, I pray that our heart will be sensitive to those who are in need, to those who are in need of prayer, to those who need financial support and help, may we have a renewed purpose. Like those three, once barren, now is so abundant. And then because of that abundance, because of that river that brought that abundance in that land and that sea, it gives life to the people around us. And as Christians, as God's people, we are called to be like that bringing life to our work, to our family, to the ministry that we are in, to the people around us, to our family back home to the Philippines, to bring life to them because the river of life is moving in our life. You see, the book of Ezekiel, this showed us, as I conclude, a land that's barren, a sea, is lifeless because of their condition. It speaks of us, our life, who were once barren, lost, and empty. And God wants to turn it to be like this. And may we learn three things. That God is the source of the river of life. God reaches to the lifeless and hopeless, bringing life and renewed purpose. i like to end with a simple account that found in John 4. It's a story about this woman, the Samaritan woman. The Samaritan woman living in an empty life. We read in the chapter 4 that she had five husbands and the person that she's living with is not really her husband. She's empty. She's long looking for satisfaction. And as we read in the text, she was in the Jacob's well trying to get water from the well in the noontime, late in the afternoon or noontime, 12 p.m., which normally not the time where they would come and take water from the well because of the heat. 
But the reason why she is taking water in the well is because she's living in shame. She's living in shame because of her lifestyle. And no one wants to mingle with her. No, no priest, no man, no woman would want to talk to her. She's isolated, a loner, I would say. She's barren in her life, not bringing life on others. She's a Samaritan woman. And a Samaritan woman, she's half-breed. She's not Jewish. She's half-half. She's not pure Jew. So there, she's being despised because of that. You know what? Even though she's empty, undeserving, Jesus came to her. Jesus offered to her the living water. Jesus is telling her that the emptiness she has, trying to find that satisfaction from the husband she has, she will never feel that emptiness she has in her heart. But that emptiness she has can only be filled in Jesus. And she was talking to him, and Jesus said, If you don't, if you have known me, you will ask for the living water. And because of that encounter that the woman had with Jesus, she had a new life. Her lives have been renewed and revitalized. And she began to have an abundant life. You know what happened? She brought the whole village to Jesus. The first evangelist, she brought the whole village she was once afraid and shy because of her shame and guilt. Now, after experiencing Jesus, life-changing encounter with Jesus, the forgiveness, experiencing the, the, the change from dry, now she become alive because of that encounter. Now she become abundant, sharing to the whole village that she had met the Messiah. She was once lifeless. Now she's living an abundant life. Brothers and sisters, God calls us to be fruitful and abundant. And the only way that we can be fruitful and abundant is when we know that God is the only source of life he is the living water. And God invites us to drink and experience His presence and experience Him more and more in our life so that we can bear much fruit. That maybe we may live a life that be bring life to others. John 7, it says here, this is the invitation that Jesus had for us. If anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Brothers and sisters, God is the source of the living water. And he's reaching out to the hopeless, to those who are empty, to those who are lifeless so that God will give us life and renewed 
purpose. Let us pray. Lord, we thank you for your word today. I don't know, Lord, the situation of my brethren. I don't know, Lord, the situation of our families, even our work, Lord. But we know, Lord God, you said in your word, as long the river would flow, life will begin. As long the river goes, there will be life. So we surrender our life to you. We surrender our families to you. We surrender, Lord, our church to you. That may your labor of life flow mightily. So that every aspect of our life will be fruitful and abundant. Bringing life to those who are in need. Oh God, we need your grace. Remind us that your grace is so abundant and merciful. Full of mercy. That it will always reach out, Lord, to those who are barren and dry and lifeless. And we know, Lord, that your love will always reach out, reach out to all of us. And I pray that you move in our life, God, like a river renewing our life and restoring our purpose. Salamat po, Panginoon, for your word. Oh, come live in me. Come live in us, oh Lord. Revive us again, Lord. Restore us, oh Lord. Have your way in our life. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen. Brothers and sisters, thank you for joining us in our Sunday worship service. Always remember to go to the river of life, to God. May our life be renewed and revived and restored. Let's just receive the benediction. May you grow in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. To Him be the glory both now and to the day of eternity. Amen. Thank you, brothers and sisters, for joining us in our online service. Hopefully, we will see you once again, physically. But in the meantime, continually pray with us as we open this place. And do join us in our online prayer every, Sunday, every Wednesday at 9 p.m. And hopefully see you again next Sunday. God bless everyone.